And a little different uh, today. Um, so if you are a guest with us, uh, this isn't normal. Um, but uh, I'm excited. I think it'll be really good for us as a community. And if you are new with us, I think you'll hopefully find it interesting or, or you'll get something out of it. Um, really kind of one way to think about it is um, in, in Scripture, there's a lot of different books uh, that make up the story of Scripture. And uh, the Old Testament, of course, has a bunch of different things going on and um, the Gospels. And then in the, later in the New Testament, we have these collection of letters. A lot of them are attributed to Paul. And um, uh, in those letters, there's kind of like three bulk, sections of passages that um, we see in the letters. This is my, this is Joe. This is how Joe reads the letters. Okay. So this is not, um, this is not good scholarly work at all. Uh, this is just Joe. Um, I, there's like passages in Paul's letters, especially that are just like really life-giving that you're just like really beautiful. And like you, you go to for personal devotion, you know, like love is patient and love is kind. The type, type of stuff you read at weddings. It's just, it's good, beautiful stuff. And there's other parts of Paul where you're like, is that still culturally relevant? Like, what's going on here, Paul? And you have to, like, think about it a little bit more, and you're like, what, how does this work, and what does he really mean, and is, was he talking to a particular group of people at a particular time, and, you know, is it really better to be single, or was he just, like, he just, I don't know. Like, there's just some stuff with Paul, you're like, you have to think about it a little bit more. Um, and then the third category of Paul's letter is just church administration that's in his letters. Okay, so here's how I interact with Paul's letter. I love reading the good stuff that's just like inspiring and encouraging. Um, I, I enjoy sometimes wrestling with the harder stuff. And, and I would say on a typical Sunday, um, that's what we do. We either try to like, we cover some, not just Paul's letter, but just theology in general. We like talk about things that might be inspiring or we're talking about something that's a little difficult or a little challenging and like it stretches us or makes us uncomfortable, right? So we're, we're doing those. But we, but, but we don't spend too much time talking about church administration stuff. Um, and, and when I get to that part of Paul's letter, I honestly don't read it. Did, do you guys even know what parts I'm talking about? No, because you don't read it. You haven't read it. You just skip it. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna, so I'm, our scripture reading today is Paul's final comments uh, sharing church administration. It's in Colossians. You can find this in most of Paul's letters, oftentimes near the end, but sometimes it's scattered throughout. And there's a couple reasons I don't read it. One, I don't know why it's relevant. And two, it's usually listing names of people I can't pronounce. Which, side note, I took Greek in undergrad. We're like, we don't know how to pronounce this. My, my Greek professor is like, well, this version of Greek, there's no audio recordings of it. No one knows how to pronounce it. So this, the trick is, you just say it with some level of confidence, and people like accept it. We don't really know. So that is how I'm going to read it to you today. Um, but it's really hard. This first guy's name, so help me out here, someone who's good at guessing. It's spelled T-Y-C-H-I-C-U-S. Any guesses? John. John. So John will tell you all the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you to express, uh, for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances, that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with... Uh, Onesimus. I think that one sounds pretty, I think I got that one. Our faithful and dear brother, who is uh, one of you, they will tell you everything that is happening there. My fellow prisoner, help me out with this one. It's A-R-I-S-T-A-R-C-U-S, C-H-U-S. Oh, louder. Aristarchus. That's pretty good. I was really hoping someone would say Steve or something. 
my fellow prison, Aristarchus sends you his greetings, and so does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. And, and, he, and he goes on, and I won't read all of it, but he just lists. And what he's doing is he's talking about people who are with him, people who are over in Laodicea, people who are in Colossae, and he's talking about who's going where and what's happening. Here's what's happening in the early church. Paul um, and others, many others, are traveling with him, and they're planting these little churches. And they're not planting churches like we plant churches today. I mean, there's no sound system. There's no lights. There's no stage. There's no parking signs. It's just he gets about three or four, maybe up to 12 people. They start gathering for prayer. They hear the gospel for the first time. Sometimes they're Jews, so they have some context for the Old Testament. A lot of times with Paul's ministry, they aren't. In fact, he goes on and he lists, he says, there's only two amongst uh, my crew right now that are Jews. And he says, they are a great comfort to me. Which just really struck me because Paul, being somebody, a Jew of the Jews, if you're familiar with Paul, he was a Pharisee and he was like, he, he grew up in this Hebrew faith and um, most of his ministry was with Gentiles, but every once in a while God would bring a couple of, uh, of, of Hebrews to, uh, uh, to be with him and he found it a great comfort because of all of the cultural things that they could share in common. I just think that's really beautiful. But most of the time he's hanging out with Gentiles, which he often didn't have anything in common to other than God's call in his life. And he goes on and he describes in all of these letters, these people who are, they're going over here and he's going over there and all these people, this is what they're doing. And this person's like, I love this in one passage later in Colossians, he says, and, and so-and-so is just just wrestles in their prayer every time they think of you. I, lo- I love that. It's like every time I think of you, I'm just wrestling in my prayer, which I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but I find it beautiful. And so he lists out where everyone's going. So um, I share all that because most of the time we're looking at other passages in the Bible, not just these, okay, where are people serving and what they're doing and where they're headed. Um, but today uh, we're, we're going to talk about that. We've, uh, in, in our church, we're in the midst of a lot of transitions. Uh, we had uh, um, uh, last month, our worship uh, pastor moved on to a new church and our, uh, our children's uh, person moved on. And, and then we're in the midst of launching a free store and a lot of variables. So we're going to spend some time today and just share with you uh, where uh, Steve and John and Artemis and Onesimus, where they're all headed and where that leaves us as a church and what that means for us as we continue to pursue God and what it means to be a church. So I'm going to start with just a couple of uh, just to some announcements, some of them you might know already. Uh, what's the first one, Max? I actually don't remember what the order. So first off, um, uh, Leanne Klingo has been with us for a while. She's actually doing her job right now in the back, I believe, uh, for the first service. So, uh, but she's been a part of our City Kids ministry for, since the theater. Yeah, and um, uh, with Chrissy, uh, some of you knew Chrissy uh, moved on, got a job in California. Um, Lucky her. And, uh, uh, but Leanne stepped up and applied. And so she's going to be with us through the summer. It's an interim position. She'll be, uh, and then we're going to figure out what the position looks like starting in the fall. But she's going to be overseeing our city kids. So nursery and children's and stuff. Yeah, you can give a real, if you're going to applaud though, come on, let's, we're excited. Tristan's here, uh, her other half, and so uh, he'll, let, he'll let her know that you all were very excited. Um, the other announcement, so we're excited to have somebody over that. That's been a transition, and it's really good that that's happening. The other one is we're, uh, we, we uh, interviewed and put an ask out for a new worship leader, and um, uh, we connected with Ryan Wilkins. He's a worship leader up in the north part of uh, Columbus right now, and it was just feeling like God was uh, calling him to maybe uh, start somewhere new, um, just where he's at. So he's going to be our new director of worship. Um, 
Ryan's a fascinating guy. And the journey of like engaging Ryan and, and our interview team meeting him and, and having conversations has been a, a spiritual journey for me. And I would say a spiritual journey for Ryan as well as he's discerned what God would do in his life. Ryan full-time is the, uh, uh, does development at the Ronald McDonald House. And so he's helping raise funds to uh, make sure that uh, families have a place to stay when their kid is at the hospital. Uh, so he's got just a big heart for uh, community development and, and that sort of thing. Um, he also is a co-founder, co-owner of Olentangy River Brewing Company. So our, yeah, that's exciting uh, for a lot of us. It's a little bit of a drive, but you know, whatever. Um, and uh, he does a lot of other things, but uh, on the weekends for the last, for a long time, he's been a worship leader. Uh, he served at a church in Cleveland for a number of years at a young adult ministry. It was a very large uh, ministry, uh, about 1,500 in worship. He then uh, helped start a young adult ministry near Denison. Um, yeah, yeah, he was there for a while. Uh, so some of our Denison uh, friends uh, actually got to worship with him when he was there. And then I think about Three to five years ago, he went to a church in Lewis Center. He's been leading in, in their worship ministry as well. So he comes with a lot of experience, and uh, we're really excited for what he'll bring. So his first Sunday is going to be June 9th. He also has a couple of kids, uh, two girls and, uh, and his son, and his son also loves to play uh, and is supposedly really good at drums. So two for one, friends. This is... It's a great deal. Um, so we're excited. Uh, I, I want to let you know... And, and, and you know, I think, and I bring, I have a picture of their kids and I, I asked to share this um, with him because, you know, going to a new church and meeting new families and stuff, um, that can be sometimes the hardest on, Ryan's going to, he's an extrovert, he's a networker, he's going to be fine, but you know, we want to make sure his kids are welcome. So if you, uh, if you feel so inclined to reach out to him, we can help you get his contact information or when they come for sure, uh, just make sure that, you know, the whole family is, is, is welcome here. They'll be here uh, fairly often, about once uh, every other week or so. Uh, he'll have his kids with us. So um, we're excited about that. Um, and then a couple of other transitions that we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about. Uh, first off, um, uh, well, yeah, Alyssa and Renee, why don't you come? Alyssa, I got a mic here for you over on the floor. And Renee, I don't know if you can grab your wired one or if it'll reach. So um, since we launched the free store, we really felt like there was a, it started growing. It's, it, in some ways, it's outpacing our church here, and we're okay with that. Um, uh, it's uh, uh, have over 150 members and 30 to 50 families come through every week. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's becoming a big thing. And so um, Alyssa actually is going to be uh, spending her time in the coming year uh, full-time over in Franklinton, uh, working at the free store and developing a plan around how we could start a new faith community, a new church. Um, so she's going to uh, be a, a Paul in that community. And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, figure out what does it look like? We have these families coming and they're getting to know each other. What does it look like for them to have a church that makes sense for their neighborhood? So it's very exciting. She's going to be there full time. Uh, to, to fill in some of the gaps uh, with uh, Alyssa, um, uh, spending more time there, uh, we create a new position called executive director, which Renee is going to fill. And um, Renee is going to be helping uh, take over some of the things that Alyssa has been spending her time on, as well as helping us figure out what it means to be multi-site and how we organize this thing that's happening, as well as um, uh, 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 other administrative things. We're a new church, so this year we'll be forming a board um, and a variety of other administrative stuff. She's going to help us walk through some of that stuff. Um, and all of those things are really good, positive things. So what we're going to do the rest of the service is um, take some time and have all, all three of us share a little bit about our new roles and what that means um, for the church and where we're headed and also get a chance to get to know Renee a little bit. So why don't we start actually with... 
You want to start with? I left my my uh, my outline I was over you here. Call me Steve. It was really. We'll start with Steve here, and <laughs> you're Paul. Barnabas. Barney. Why don't we? Um... Barney. Why don't we start with you, Alyssa? Are you okay, hold on. My notes aren't loaded. I'm sorry, friends. I'm not prepared. Yeah, clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're excited. Uh, yeah, we can start. We can start with Renee. That's fine. So, Renee, can you share a little bit of your faith story and how? Yeah, we'll follow the script that we all agreed on. Whew. This is gonna go great, friends. Uh, Renee, can you share a little of your faith story and how you found Jesus, got into ministry, that sort of thing? Give yeah. us just a little picture. Um, so I grew up in a small town in southeast Ohio called Gallipolis. Um, those familiar with Athens probably are familiar with Gallipolis. Um, Gallipolis. See, this is the great debate. It is not. If you go in to Columbus, the, we call it Gallipolis. Yeah, nerd alert. If you go to the Gallia County Historical Society, they are going to tell you it is Gallipolis. But people call it Gallipolis. It doesn't matter. Anyway, that's where I grew up. Um, and I grew up in a family that always knew God, so God was never not known. We went to church. My mom had two rules for my sister and I. We had to go to church, and we had to take piano lessons. Ta-da! So uh, we did both of those. And it was probably my teenage years, my early 20s, when I started owning my faith as my own, I would say. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of just fear hell. You want to go to heaven, you do not want to go to hell, and that's kind of what you do. Um, and eventually you start asking really good questions like, do I really believe in this? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Do I buy into his way being the best way? Those kind of things. And I would say late teens, early 20s, had some pivotal conversations with God and some moments of learning that I said, yeah, I really do believe all this. And I realized that um, this isn't just like an eternal thing. This gets to be like an everyday thing, which is super cool and great. Um, and so I went to school at Ohio State, the Ohio State University. Sorry, OUs. And um, my mom got her master's from OU, if that helps everybody. When I say the Ohio State University, it is in the family. Go Bobcats. So um, I uh, Sorry, to, we have a lot of Athens people. We try to, you know. Sometimes we try them. to downplay that because we don't want to be exclusive, but it's a reality. It is. So I went to Ohio State for undergrad. went to the University of Cincinnati for graduate school where I became a school psychologist. <laughs> Um, worked with kids in urban setting for a few years, and then Jesus said, hey, come do this. And so I actually came up here to Columbus and was serving at a retreat for a weekend with students, with teenagers, and left on Sunday to drive back to Columbus, or drive back to Cincinnati and said, I want to wake up and do that again. And so I put my name in a hat and got hired by a church in North Carolina, and then eventually um, got hired by a church back up here in Columbus, and have been doing predominantly youth ministry and college-age ministry um, for the better part of a decade. So that's been my windy road journey. That's great. Um, so share a little bit uh, about uh, entering into this role um, and um, maybe what excites you about it. And maybe even answer the question because I didn't probably get into the details. You know, what is this executive director role? And I, I don't think that was a question on here, so if you don't want to. Yeah, it's a goofy thing. So like, you know how churches is an organization. Churches are an organization. And um it takes some organization and organizing and administration, which Alyssa and Joe have been tackling like pros. Um, but as we got to know each other and we started talking, and we really, I asked the questions, where are your like strengths and giftedness? What is life giving for you? And what can you wake up in the morning and just like do with no thought? And then what's exhausting to you and what takes a lot of thought? Um, I think we all realized I could take some of those exhausting pieces and those more life draining pieces 
um, that aren't as life draining or exhausting to me and help. So this role is created and being created to um, allow Joe and Alyssa to do what God has made them to do and wired them to do, as well as all of us in our church. So I think this primary primarily excites me because I get to ask the best question, which is, what can I do to help you be you? What can I do to help you and support you in the role that God's called you to do? And in that, making sure, helping to ensure that at every location that calls Central City and owns that name, um, there's a, a consistent, a constant experience. So whatever it looks like at the little bottoms or whatever it looks like here, whenever someone walks in the doors, we hope they feel welcomed and safe and loved, whatever that expression looks like. And so I get to help make sure some consistency happens across settings and people get to know Jesus. And that's exciting. That's great. Um, yeah, why don't we jump to you, Lissa? Why don't you share a little bit of your discernment and story that led you to Little Bottoms and your calling around that and your in uh, Franklinton in general? I mean, some of this, you, some of you might know, but yeah. Yeah, so when we, um, two years ago, a little over two years ago, um, we bought a house in Franklinton and that starts all of this journey. Um, when we, we knew that we were starting this new church here in Grandview. And, um, so we kind of dug into loving and learning this community. Um, but when we went home at night and other times during the day, cause our schedule is pretty flexible. Um, we were in Franklinton and, uh, just both of us, I think felt a burden for our neighbors and, um, people walking, uh, in front of our house, down our street to the homeless shelter, and um, neighbors that we were meeting at civic uh, meetings and stuff that we were doing in Franklinton. And so we were kind of living in, in these two worlds of loving and learning this community in Grandview, as well as loving and learning this community in Franklinton. And, um, and so I think from the beginning, I didn't run any of this by Joe, so I'm going to say stuff, and he's like, you shouldn't have said that. Um, you, you can, yeah. <laughs> But from that, the but. beginning, um, I really have felt like I, I think that I knew from the beginning when we moved to Franklinton that God was calling us to start a church there as well. And it was just a question of when. Um, and so what we did, and this is kind of what we talk about all the time, is we just try and take the next faithful step. And so we've been doing that here in Grandview and, um, and continuing conversations here, what it looks like to be a church in this community and love this community and doing the same in Franklinton. And, um, and so as those conversations were happening and Joe was a part of, Joe was a part of most of those, um, asking the community, what does it look like to be faithful in, in this neighborhood and what is God already doing that we can, um, just jump in with God in that neighborhood. And so uh, that's what we've been doing over the last couple of years. And when I was thinking through, okay, when do we do that? Um, with the launch of the free store and the, the conversations that we've been having on a weekly basis with the members that are there and the team that is there, it just feels like God is starting to say, okay, we're getting ready. We're almost there. We're almost there. And so really... Um, that's kind of been this process of, I'm, I'm pretty bad at timing. Like if anyone knows me, I'm late to everything. Um, and I never know, like, I'm either like, let's go right now or no, we got to wait. And like, then I wait too long. And so um, just like timing is, 
is this thing that I'm constantly wrestling with God of, um, okay, wait, now? Do we go? Do we go? Um, oh, wait, no, God, wait, we should wait a little bit longer. Um, but I feel like in this season, God's just been like, all right, we're getting ready, getting ready, we're getting ready, almost there. Um, and so that's kind of been my journey through that. I don't know if I actually answered the question. Yeah, it's great. Um, well, share a little bit about your hopes for, um, so the free store is this ministry is serving people regardless of you know who they are and if they have a kid or they're pregnant, they can come. It's very much like a nonprofit thing, um, uh, with with faith perspective. But what what is a, what's your vision for transitioning that community and forming a, a faith community, a church? Uh, you know, what what are some of the things that you're thinking about in regards to regardless of the timing? Yeah, yeah. So church is already happening there every week. Um, we gather and we love people, and God is there, um, and so. The exciting thing is that God is already kind of building this community, and um, so so we're we're starting uh, with prayer. We're ending with prayer. We're meeting people. We're praying with people. We're asking questions of people, and um, so I, I would say church is already happening there. And so we want to just. Um, kind of increase that, I guess, and be more intentional about what that looks like. Um, and one thing that that we're passionate about is being being local. So the church looks like the neighborhood. So um, we think that Central City here in Grandview kind of feels like the neighborhood and people that live in this neighborhood or like this neighborhood um, are part of this church and we want the same in Franklinton. So we want it to feel like the neighborhood and what does that look like? And so in this process of meeting people and praying with people who are coming to the free store and meeting our neighbors, um, just asking that question and feeling that out, what what is the church going to look like in that space? Um, not totally sure yet, but I think that God is opening our eyes more and more to what that space can look like um, for those neighbors. And I think it will look very different than this community here. Yeah, and so you see, we, we tend to lean towards being very local, very contextual, and, and Renee's coming on board to say, okay, but how can we also be consistent? And this is, this is the team that we're going to be we need uh, figuring this out <laughs> together. Yeah, so it's great. Um, anything else you want to share? Uh, um, on, about Franklinton or, or um, your role? Off the top of your head? One of the questions our, some of our leaders asked me then is like, well, then what are you going to do? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, take a day off. That was literally my answer, was it not, Heidi? <laughs> but I've thought about it a lot more, so I'll answer it now. Um, my hope is to have more margin in my life to be able to focus on preaching. Um, uh, it's something that, uh, one, one good way to describe my preaching right now is uh, I preach about one sermon a month, and the rest of the weeks I get up and talk. Um, and uh, God still works, and God still shows up, but that's just, that's my margin in my life right now. And so my hope is to have margin so that, so that we can really put thoughtful uh, messages together uh, every week. Um, I'll continue to support Alyssa, uh, specifically probably around development and grant writing, uh, something that I enjoy doing. So as uh, Alyssa needs that, uh, uh, the uh, uh, little bottoms and whatnot is predominantly grant funded um, currently, but um, and then uh, focus on um, I forget the fourth one, but the other one is outreach. Really, kind of having more time to focus on evangelism and getting into the community, uh, specifically here and maybe as well as with our campus ministry, but with the focus of this basically this this particular site. Um, organizing outreach events as well as being in the community more and meeting people. And um, I'm an introvert. 
And so if I get busy, that's one of the first things that gets dropped off my, like I just don't have the energy for it. So I'm hoping to have the margin. It's just the funny, any other introverts in the room? I need, I need the margin in order, like I need like three hours of my day in order to spend like a half hour meeting people. Does that make sense? So just having that space in my life so I can go out and be more intentional around evangelism and, and meeting individuals, some of my focus. Um, yeah. so, so that'll be your weekly daily. I think a good question that one should always ask of folks on church staff is what are you doing and how are you spending your time? Um, and so practically speaking, um, I'm going to help oversee Sunday morning operations. So if you currently lead a team, we're going to meet soon. I'm so excited. Um, also, all discipleship areas, so small group leaders and community group leaders and city kids and potentially other future life stage ministries. Um, I'm going to meet with you too and ask that beautiful question, what can I do to help you be you and who God made you to be and what you're, what you're about. Um, so practically speaking, that's going to fill my days and weeks and, and support and, then and do, administration. And do finance and administration. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Great. can answer that. Yeah, answer that, please. Because they got to. What am I going to do every day? What are you going to do every day, um, Alyssa? Yeah, so I spend a lot of my time uh, meeting people in the community in Franklinton, people that are uh, working in other nonprofits and agencies around the neighborhood, asking how we can support that, um, meeting neighbors, and then, um, um, and, uh, and just preparing that community, um, thinking through vision and timeline and build and raising up leaders in Franklinton and in that community. And so that is a little, not necessarily day to day, but, um, yeah, meeting a lot of people in the neighborhood and programming on that side of. Yeah. Our, one, one thing I think you can say is you, you're essentially, she's going to be a pastor for the community in Franklinton and be that pastoral presence and kind of figure out that community. And there's a number of other variables that are at play that will kind of strengthen that, um, that we'll be able to share later on, but she's going to be, be a pastor. I want to spend just the last uh, few minutes opening up to questions. So uh, if you have a question and, you, and, and you're bold enough to raise your hand, you can. Also, you can text the question to our church number. If you didn't know that, you, this is our church number and you can text things. Um, but uh, to give you some time to think and maybe you have some questions, I have some pre-questions that I've gathered from conversations and stuff and I'll, 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 uh, I'll throw a couple of these out and try to answer them quickly. Uh, and then if you guys have others. One of the questions that I feel like is on uh, my mind, and I don't know if this is other questions, uh, people have asked this, but as a smaller church, what's our plan for sustainability um, specifically related to this? Uh, the answer is, is kind of two-part, um, specifically around our community development work. We're always looking for grant funding as well as raising up donors in and outside the church to support that. But then also for us as a church community, uh, we want to grow. Um, we want to grow here. We want to grow uh, in other neighborhoods. And down the road, we hope to be uh, uh, have a third site somewhere. Um, that's a neighborhood church in that particular uh, neighborhood. And so sustainability for us means one is just investing in people who want to support the wider mission of what God is doing in our midst and seeing, um, you know, some of our goals for Grandview is that, you know, within the next year, we'll have 70, 80 people in worship at two services. Um, that'll put this community really close to being you know, financially sustainable. Um, but I would say that growth is really important for us um, at, at a, you know, at, with, with all of this, connecting with more and more people and helping them uh, move towards a, a life of generosity. Um, uh, another question that I've gotten from people occasionally is, do you plan to move our church here in Granby to another neighborhood? The answer is currently and has always been um, no. Our vision really is to have neighborhood churches. Um, 
to have a neighborhood presence. And so we're trying to figure out how do we scale that. Um, really, and this is in many ways Paul's journey as well. Like he didn't grow a mega church and then have a bunch of satellite. He just he went to a, what was a city there, but in our experience, you know, 2,000 years later, it'd be much more like a neighborhood. He'd go to a small city and plant a church and plant another church, and it was this network of churches that he was uh, leading and communicating. And, and we, we believe in that model because we want people to be known, we want people to be able to know each other, and we want people to be able to uh, invest in each other relationally and not just be a part of, a, of something that's um, where they can get lost in a crowd. Um, it's a challenge because um, I think some days we want to get lost in a crowd, um, one of the challenges here is you show up, someone will probably talk to you, um, and uh, we don't apologize, but sometimes you don't want people to talk to you, but we want to be that kind of place where it's like, you know what, you can come, you can be here, someone will talk to you, we'll be a community together, um, even, even if you're having a bad day, you can be here. Um, do, any other questions that you might have about new roles and where we're headed as a church? Yes, please. I'm gonna jump on that first, just because. Um, so, one of the yeah, we want to try to build bridges across neighborhoods, and we're still. I think we're still answering that question. One of the exciting things about last week, worship in the park for those who were there, was it was our first event, co- covert event. You guys didn't know this was happening, where we had families from the free store come to worship in the park, and we had people from our Grandview Church, and so I imagine things like that. Um, events where we do worship together or we gather for social events, things like that, will be really great, non-threatening ways for people to just get to know each other and be in community. But the bigger question of how we do that is, I think, still being answered, and then I'm sure there's lots of other ideas as well. Yeah, and I, th- one of, uh, I think one of the pieces of consistency is also going to be we'll, we'll gather for worship in our neighborhoods, but then small groups and missions still happen together. And so anyone from any neighborhood can go to any small group, and anyone from any neighborhood can do any mission thing we do. Um, and so those are ways that we'll continue to build that, the wider network. The other thing I like about your question is it didn't establish any campus as main and so that mega church, so it really is neighborhood churches that are networked together, um, all striving for the same end goal. Yeah. And that's an important thing. And it's a, it's a mental shift sometimes because people go, are you going to main campus or the others? Yeah. No, no, we're all main and we're all others, right? So um, that's an important. That's great. Great question. And yeah, we'll, we'll, that's a question we'll continue to ask and wrestle with. Any other questions? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. Well, I'll just answer from a marketing standpoint because I'm a bit of a marketing communication guy and our Facebook page and our web page just for the free store in the process of outpacing our Central City Church's Facebook page. And like year to date are just, this is this is not what you're asking, but this is, I find interesting. Um, year to date, like our, our homepage you know, it's gotten 2,000 hits, which is whatever, you know, year to date. Um, our free store has gotten like 1,800, you know, like so. Um, and like the next page is probably like 500 hits, you know, like. But the free store is is gaining a lot of traction. And then maybe, Alyssa, you could share a little bit about some of the numbers in regards to people we're serving and people who are showing up. Do you know any of those off the top of your head? Yeah, this is kind of a guess, but we have um, on average around probably 22, which is an odd number, but 22 families uh, coming to the free store. And 
what it feels like. I have not done a head count on Thursday nights, um, but what it feels like is 70 people come through the free store. Would you say that's like well, with 22 kids? and probably three to a family. That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a ton of people that are coming through on Thursday nights, which is what our average here has been. No, to um, be fair, we're giving away diapers and clothes. I mean, there's you know, a lot of incentives to come. All to we're giving you is free, and free coffee. high fives every week. <laughs> and a free place it's, for it's your a, kids to hang it's out. It's comparing apples and oranges yeah, a little bit, right. you know, but it's just, it's gaining a lot of traction. It's becoming a very big thing. And so we want to support that. Well, we can give away diapers here too, if that's if that'll. <laughs> that is enticing. I will take that. <laughs> to piggyback off of what Denise said, I, you know, um, a part of me was like, we're doing a panel discussion on a Sunday morning. I love coming to worship and hearing the word and singing and going home. Like, I, this is could be not great for someone who really was yearning for that too. Yeah. But sorry, um, no, <laughs> I call it out because um, I as I sat with it, I was like, no, this is important because it helps everyone who's a part of our church tell the story of our church and Jesus and by word of mouth invite and say, this is what you would be experiencing or becoming a part of, or you could check out. And so, um, I, that was then okay with this. Yeah. Yeah. I was to challenge it more. Yeah. 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 Next time. I'm pretty good at challenging things. No, That's also it. why they're hiring me. <laughs> we, we need that. Any other uh, questions? We're going to, we're not going to do this much longer. We're going to we're going to spend some time. There's a lot of variables to that, um, and um, I would say that something that I can share is that I would hope that we would start having worshiping maybe events is the right word this summer um, for for the free store community. Um, worshiping as in like including music and time of corporate prayer and stuff um, outside of worship as mission um, this summer. And then, um, yeah, just a lot of variables in that community that I can't really share right now, but we'll probably share in a couple of weeks um, that are taking place there. And, and, and kind of from a, from our... And I'll let all of you know, because you are all invited, please. Yeah, so, and, and no, and that's one of the ways that it'll impact us. You know, if we grow fast enough, I don't know if we'll grow a lot during the summer, just statistically, but in the fall, if we're growing fast enough and we're filling up two services, when when it comes to, like, launching this, there's a probably, you know, we're expecting 20 to 50 people in this community probably to start worshiping there. So if we're growing fast enough, we'll continue to have two services. If we're not, that's why we went to two services, so hopefully we can grow, and then if we're at the place where the numbers make sense and we have a handful of people who are going to be a part of this new thing, we'll go back to one service here. Um, and But maybe we're growing fast enough that we'll still have two services here and a, a service there. And maybe that service won't even be on Sunday morning. So there are a lot of variables, but we are thinking through like how that impacts us and what that'll mean. And so, we, you know, just flexibility and um, uh, which you all, if you've been here long enough, uh, you're, you're, you've been trained in flexibility because... Which is a gift. <laughs> which is a which gift. Which is a huge gift. Because I hear grace when I hear flexibility often. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I want to transition. I'd like to just spend some time in prayer. Um, I am sensitive of our time, and um, we've got a few minutes uh, left before our closing song. I want to spend some time. I'm going to invite you, you all into a season, uh, just a few moments of prayer. And then um, I'm going to invite you uh, to come forward, and we're going to come down here and invite you just to pray over uh, us and uh, some of these new roles, and Renee specifically, and Alyssa specifically, and I'll take it as well, um, if, you're, if you'll give it. And, um, but before that, I really want to, I really feel burdened that we should be, as a community, asking God to do far more than we could ever think or imagine. Um, and that God is able to uh, meet us in, in powerful ways. So I want to invite us into just a few moments where we can begin to pray that. So will you, um, will you uh, get yourself comfortable if you want to close your eyes, uh, if you want to, um, uh, whatever you need to do to kind of uh, connect with God in this moment. I'm going to give us just a couple of uh, uh, prompts and some moments of silence uh, for us to pray individually. So first... Um, Let's pray.